0: We welcome you to the media ministry of Denton Bible Church. Good evening, everyone. It's so good to see you. I'm thankful that you're here. Happy Father's Day to everyone. How many dads do we have in the, in the house tonight? Happy Father's Day to all of you. Granddads, keep your hand up, please. Granddads. Great granddads. All right. We're thinning them out pretty quickly there. Anybody? Great, great I Always want to give that opportunity. Any future dads? Future dads. I think there are, because I've talked to some people about, uh, recently about they're headed toward getting married soon, so uh, it's so good to have you here. We're, we're at a time in the study of Ezra, and I just love that, that uh, bumper video that they, they, they play for us. We're at a time, as Corey and, and Chris have brought you through so far this book, and we talked about last week that there's an opposition oftentimes to the will of God. We don't have to worry about that. We have to deal with it. We don't worry because we know God's in control of everything, but we have to deal with it, don't we? There's opposition, and sometimes it looks like the opposition wins. Last week, we talked about the fact that even though it looks like the bad guys win for a little while, God always encourages us in the Scripture, wait till it all ends up. Wait till you see what I'm doing and how it all ends up. And I'll bet in your life, a lot of times, you've witnessed that very thing. Something may appear away, it may be looking like those that don't love God, don't follow his word, uh, that don't, don't regard him at all. It appears like everything goes well for them. And God says, just realize that. And I think that's a, a, a part of the God's mercy and his patience with people, that God allows those things to happen. But he, he encourages us, wait till you see how things end up. It's not always that way. Well, The work had been stopped for 15 years in this, as we pick up in chapter 5. It's kind of like a parenthesis. It was a story inside of a story. So we go back now to the work that is being done uh, there in Jerusalem. Uh, Happy Father's Day to all of you. It just so happens that this falls, uh, this chapter right in the middle of the book, where it talks about men needed to rise up and be men. They needed to be men of God and to follow him and to to make a statement that the people of God are not going to be fearful. They are going to do what God has told them to do, regardless of opposition, regardless of those that would try to mock them or hurt them or stop them in any way. And I believe that every nation, we, on Mother's Day, we honored all of you ladies, and there's nothing like a godly mom. There's nothing like that. You you men, there's nothing like you. A godly dad is so valuable and so important. Uh, when we see a lot of the struggles that we have in our country, and our society, they can be traced back to a huge uh, influence of not having a dad that is present, not having a dad in the home, not having a dad that is uh, an example. So I want you to walk with me for a few minutes here tonight through this chapter as we look at a time when men rose up. Now, I don't know if uh, if Jordan's still in here. He pronounced all those names so well. I just want, when I get to it, for him to pronounce them for me. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, the G- Jewish names are a little bit hard. When I was in seminary, one of the speakers in our chapel one day said this, and I've never forgotten it. He said, uh, and he was sitting in, in the seminary at the time, but he said, we have got a lot of great preachers in the churches today. We've got a lot of great teachers in the churches today. And we've got a lot of great authors in, in, in the churches today. But he said, I think what we need to go along with all of that is we need church fathers. And what he was talking about there uh, are older men in the faith that have walked with Christ for a long time that support their church and build up their church. They are church fathers. The, the women, the older women uh, that are faithful to God and have served many years, they're the church mothers. And that really struck me, and I thought, you're exactly right. I grew up where I saw elder statesmen. When I first came to Dent Bible, I saw an older man, uh, many years older than me, and I realized I needed him as a mentor, and I went to him, and he's been a mentor for these last uh, 13 or 14 years. The church needs men to stand up. Well, The church cannot function without the ladies. But men need to be in our role and our responsibility. We need to rise up, as that old song says, rise up, O men of God. Well, the, the work of the temple, as I said, has been stopped for 15 years, and it was stopped until 520 B.C. In that year, Haggai urged Zerubbabel to begin uh, again rebuilding the temple. And uh, as I said, this verse connects back with uh, after that little parenthesis that we had there of the opposition. So in verse 1, it says, When the prophets, Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Edo, uh, those are two guys that have books of the Bible. They are prophets that were writing prophets. God used them as contemporaries, and they spoke to the need for the Jewish men, stand up, stand strong. Get about the work of God. And I think that's one of the things as I talk to you about the people of God needing to rise up. uh, These prophets did. I want you to know they just didn't tell everyone what to do. It said they prophesied of the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. If you see our missionary uh, pictures that are on the wall in the main uh, building we, we see that, or you see, might see it in their office. They went out for the sake of the name. I love that verse. They went out for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. And here, they prophesied in the name of God, the God of Israel who was over them. It was the prompting of God saying, okay, guys, let's get going. We need to build that temple. We need to, to do that work. Uh, it's interesting, the, the Commentaries say that Haggai prophesied from August to December, 520 B.C. Zechariah prophesied for two years beginning October, November, 520. We have that recorded in history, that this is when these prophets began to speak out. Men, it's time to rebuild the temple. Maybe in your life you can equate that to something where it was time to do something in your family or in your business or in America it was time to do this. All of you that uh, have family members or perhaps you served in, in military conflicts, I'm very grateful and thankful for that, uh, men and women today that rise up to the, to the call and stand in harm's way for us. It's time to rise up when a madman in, in, uh, in Europe uh, wanted to destroy all the Jewish people, and he didn't want to just destroy them. He wanted uh, to destroy anyone that did not follow him. They're people that stood up, and I'm so glad that they did. So you and I can have the freedom here tonight to open our Bible. So it says, they prophesied, and then verse 2, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, the son of, the son of, the son of. Uh, that's important. The Bible teaches us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 5, that God deals with us, men and women, young people, he deals with us as with sons or sons and daughters. Uh, when I was, our children were little, I probably made many, many, no, not probably. I made many, many mistakes. If they are happen to be watching online here tonight, uh, they'll be doing this. Uh, uh-huh. Made many mistakes, didn't, didn't want to. But I didn't have a manual that told me exactly how to be a, a dad. My wife didn't have that book other than the scripture. And it's become very real to me that if I want to know how to treat my children, that I need to look how God treats me. Deuteronomy 8 verses 1 to 5 tells us that God deals with us as with children, as with sons. So if you ever want to know how uh, to treat your children, how to deal with them, how to train them, how to guide them, look how God does that for us. The first thing I want you to notice is the people rose up in God's name. The people didn't rise up in their own name. We've got all kinds of heroes today, whether they're athletes or they're musicians or movie people, and they want to tell you that, that, they, that you can follow them. Not too sure we need to follow a lot of them, but there's some you can. I think every generation needs some heroes, some people to follow. But we've got to be careful when someone comes only in their own name. They have an agenda to lift themselves up. Here, it's very clear that something good's about to happen. But it was when the people rose up in God's name. It was clear. We're not doing this on our own. It's not our agenda. It's not our idea. We are rising up in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And you and I rise up today in the name of Jesus. So it says Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, the son of Josadak arose. It was time to stand up for what was right. Dad's We've got to be that. We're supposed to be the priest of our own homes. We're supposed to be the provider of our own homes. And I want to say this before I go any further tonight. Some of you may be thinking about your dad, and you've got great fond memories. Uh, I asked some people recently about their dad, and they gave me a list of wonderful attributes of their dad. And I told them how grateful I was to hear that. Some of us probably couldn't do that. You may not have had a dad that was a godly example, or perhaps you didn't have a dad that was home. He was absent. He was gone. Or perhaps you had a dad that was there, but he was absent anyway. Can that happen? Not involved in your life. And so I realize when we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day, sometimes that brings up memories. But I just want to ask you to be sure and make sure that you honor your dad anyway, whether he's still alive or not, because... uh, The older I've gotten, the more I honor my dad. The older I've gotten, the more I see the need and how I must honor him and be thankful for the dad that God gave me. So number one is the people of God rose up in God's name. And they arose to do something, began to rebuild the house of God. They're not building their own house. They're not putting their own sign out in front. They're rebuilding the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. You know, if you've been on the, the beginning of a new church or a church plant, oftentimes it's one of the sweetest times there is because everybody's working together. Sometimes you have to meet in a school and you have to tear everything down and set it all back up. Uh, I, we had to one time and we, we had to end up meeting one time in a uh, a place that was rented for dinners and parties. So I would go in early on Sunday morning. I'd get all the things that were hidden in the the, the plants, you know, that they had from the 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 trees that they had in the the open room from the party the night before, and we would clean up all the place so it would smell a little different for Sunday morning. But it was fun because everybody was working together. And that's what's happening here. The prophets are supporting them. They're encouraging them under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They are pitching in together. They are serving together and they're gonna rebuild the house of God. Now, don't forget, Corey has brought us up and Chris has brought us through this book so far. We know that God said through one of these guys named Cyrus, that there was a day that was coming. And that was about uh, 150 years before Cyrus was ever born. God prophesied there'd be one called Cyrus. And he would, God would turn his heart with favor toward the Israelites to rebuild. This temple. If you study any of the history books, Josephus wrote about Cyrus. And in the book of Isaiah, the 44th chapter, verse 28, uh, Josephus said that Cyrus, when he read that in the scripture, wanted to fulfill that. And I thought that was interesting. Verse 3, at that time, Tats and I, the governor... Oh, wait a minute, we've got to have ch- separation of church and state, don't we? Guys, the separation of church and state, by the way, in America is not in our founding documents anywhere. That is in a personal letter that was written. Uh, Separation of church and state has been twisted to mean a lot of different things. But God doesn't want us to be Christians in all the rest of our lives and then the government be separate and do their own thing. Here we see there ought to be a pulling together. There ought to be a unifying But what happens? The governor of the province beyond the river and Shether Bozani and their colleagues came to them and spoke to them thus. Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish this structure? In other words, what authority are you operating under, you men that have risen up to do this work? Then we told them accordingly what the names of the men were who were reconstructing this building. But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews and they did not stop them until a report would come To Darius, and then a written reply would be returned concerning it. That tells us there that God wasn't going to let the work of the temple be stopped for like it was for 15 years. Uh, It was not going to get stopped. They were going to send a message to, to Darius, and they were going to find out what he said. Romans 13, the powers that be are ordained of God. I hope you pray for our leaders. Oftentimes, in my prayer, I will begin with the leaders of our country and the leaders of the nations around the world. And I'll just go down all the way in in the different uh, levels of government till I get right down to our city and pray for our leaders here in this city. The powers that be are ordained by God. He is in control of them. And we need to pray that godly men and women would seek God's wisdom on how to rule in our country and in our city. Verse six says, this is the copy of the letter which Tatnai the governor of the province, beyond the river, and Shethar Bozani and his colleagues, the officials, who were beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent a report to him in which it was written thus, to Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah to the house of the great God, which is being built with huge stones and beams, are being laid in the walls. And this work is going on with great care and is succeeding in their hands. We know that there have been different temples, Solomon's temple, and there's going to be different ones built. How many of you have been in Israel before? You've been to Jerusalem? Have you? Have you been down there underneath the wailing wall and seen? Guys, I want to describe to you uh, when it says here that in this part of this temple as they're building huge stones and beams, we think, oh, they probably can't be as big as anything we build with today because we have all this machinery. When you go down below the wailing wall and you see the wall as it continued way down, there are huge stones. Now, uh, if you're a carpenter, you know what I'm about to say. These huge stones, about the size of a bus. Now, that's how big these stones are. They didn't have track hoes. They didn't have cranes. There are square uh, holes cut on the side of it where uh, wood would be put through there. They'd be moved by oxen and different animals. But they're about the size of a bus. And you know what they are? They are plumb and they are level. They are trimmed perfectly. It is an amazing thing that all those years ago God allowed them to have that knowledge to be able to put those stones on top of each other and to build that huge wall. I couldn't help but think about that. And I've got some pictures, well, I would say on my phone I could show you, but my phone blew up, so it's, it's not uh, available anymore, but I can get it and show you sometime of, of that wall. It was interesting. I want you to notice that the people of God rose up first of all in God's name. There doesn't need to be an uprising in our name, but there needs to be an uprising in the name of God. Did you know, secondly, the people rose up in obedience. They're just going back to what God told them to do. There was an old hymn, uh, we sang it in a church one time and we had an evangelist come in. He, He said, the old hymn was, I'm gonna go back and read the Bible. And he kind of got on to us a little bit. He said, you should never stop. And I agree, I agree with him. But what did they go back to? And what should we go back to? They went back to God's word. They went back to what God had told them. So they're rising up uh, in God's name. They're rising up in obedience. They're going to obey what God told them to do. They're not rising up, uprising in the city, burning things down and looting and destroying. There's an uprising because men of God stood up, there was a time when one of the men of God said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what we're talking about here. It was another time the men of God rose up. Uh, Thirdly, the men of God rose up in unity. We've already seen that, that the prophets got together with the men that were doing the building, they supported one another, they're working together, and it's a good, good, good time. And always remember something, any time that God is doing a mighty work, there's going to be an enemy. There's going to be an opposition. He's, he started way back in the first of the Bible. You remember that? Has God said not to eat of that? He put doubts. He, he's a liar from the beginning, the scripture says. So as we follow God in no matter what uh, capacity, there's always going to be an opposition. I've got a thing that's written on my desk in my office that said, A saint need never retreat. When he's on his knees. When we're faithful and we're humble before God, we don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, We don't know about you, O king. We know God's going to deliver us. Uh, We don't know about the fiery furnace, whether he'll get us out of that, but we do know he'll deliver us from you, O king. They rose up. Daniel, throw me in the, in the, the, the lion's den. He rose up and stood strong. And that's what we in the church, the church has always had somebody stand up. And we need that, almost always had somebody stand up. And we need that greatly to continue. They sent a report to him, which is written to Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king. They're tattletaling again. They're they're telling on these Jewish people. Uh, They are building up this great structure. They've got huge stones and beams. They're describing it to him. And great care, and they are succeeding in their hands. Uh, the work is being blessed because God's blessing it. And that's the fourth thing I want you to think about. The people rose up with the blessing of God. When God chooses to show favor, good things happen. Uh, I've known people, how many, how many of you have somebody you would call a prayer warrior in your life? You got a prayer warrior? You call them because you want them to be praying for you. I do. I've got several. Uh, Oftentimes, I ask children to pray for me. Is that cheating? God loves those little children's prayers, but I want them to be praying for me. The people of God rose up this day with the blessing of God. And we need to do the same. We need to seek his will. We need to pray. We need to, God, guide us, bless us, let us be in your will. And these people are in the blessing, the favor of God. Then we asked those elders, verse 9, and said to them, Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple, to finish the structure? We also asked them their names so as to inform you that we might write down the names of the men who were at their head. How can you see these people? We've got all their names. King, we want you to know what they're doing. Thus, the, uh, thus they answered us, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a, with a, which a great king of Israel built and finished. Who was he talking about? Solomon. He was talking about the, the, uh, the one that God was going to give more wisdom than anyone else, and that was going to build a house for him. Notice what happens next. But because our fathers, verse 12, had provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. The next thing I want you to see is the people rose up, but they rose up in truth. We have today, it seems like so many people that if anything does not go the way they wish it to, they they claim to be a victim. Woe is me. You don't know the trouble I've seen. Uh, The world has been bad to me. The circumstances are against me. And and we become a victim and we cry out that we want uh, someone to, to plead our case because we have been mistreated. I want you to notice here, when people of God rise up, they rise up in the truth. They turned and they said, You know why this temple is torn down? You know why we're in the trouble that we've been in in Israel? It's because our fathers didn't keep obeying God. I wonder if that wasn't refreshing in God's ears. Does it sound like anybody else? Uh, I mentioned Daniel to you a while ago. When God sent Gabriel to speak to Daniel and show him what those visions meant, do you remember what the angel Gabriel said to him? At the beginning of your prayer, When you were confessing your sin and the sins of your fathers, the commandment came for me to come and give you skill and understanding, wisdom to know what these visions were all about. God sent Gabriel as Daniel was saying, Lord, we've really messed up. Daniel was confessing his own sin and the sins of his dads and the the, the people that went before him. He wasn't saying, You know, my parents or my grandparents or my great-grandparents went through all this and therefore I'm a victim and I need reparations and I'm not being political there. I'm talking about any way that somebody says, I was mistreated somehow and I want the law to be on my side. I want money. I want this, 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 that. It's refreshing to hear somebody say, no, our dads really dropped the ball. They didn't follow God. And God just kept his word. If you take down notes, you write down Deuteronomy 28. God said, If you do this, I'll bless you. If you do this, I'll bless you. You remember those great passages? I'll bless your house. I'll bless your store. I'll bless the the women that are going to have babies. I'll bless your cattle. I'll bless everything if you'll obey me and keep my commandments. If you don't obey me and keep my commandments, you remember what it says? You'll know my cursing. Cursed will be your field, cursed will be your store. Cursed. In that long list of things. So the people of God rose up in truth. Yeah, we're in the shaper end because of what happened in our ancestors that didn't follow God. And it's refreshing to hear somebody. I had one of the uh, law enforcement officers on television, I was watching one time, and he said, One of the major things that we're failing in the United States today is that we are not teaching our young people that all of us are responsible for our own own actions. We are responsible. There's consequences for what we do. And there's a whole generation being raised up that think they have no consequences. They've been told that uh, whatever you do is fine. Just love yourself. And the world is not going to cater to them. They're finding that out. These people, praise God, rose up in truth. Humbly, no, God, our daddies had failed. But we're asking you, would you let us rebuild, start over? How many of you are here tonight and say, I'm sure grateful that Christ let me start over? Whoa, if I wouldn't have had some starting overs in my life, I wouldn't be here, I promise you. So that's what's happening here. However, verse 13, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. Also the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, had brought them to the temple of Babylon. These King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to one whose name was Shezbazar, who, whom he appointed governor. He said to him, take these utensils, go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt in this place. Do you remember a story in the Old Testament about handwriting on the wall? You remember when the posterity of Nebuchadnezzar, who had learned a great lesson from God, God humbled him by making him be like a cow and eat grass for seven years, and And uh, he was boasting about his kingdom and all that he had built until God just took his understanding away. After those seven years, his understanding and mind came back to him. God restored his kingdom. And one of the first things he says, there's a God in heaven who sets up whoever he wills over the nations. I love that story. But his son, grandson, they didn't listen too closely. And you remember that story, if, you, if you've if you studied it lately, where the hand, the part of the hand comes and rots on the wall, "Maine, Maine, Tico, you You've been weighed in the balances and found wanting, lacking. Your kingdom is taken away from you. Do you remember what they were doing? They were drinking wine out of pots and cups that had been stolen from the Jewish temple. Galatians chapter 6 says, God is not mocked. Now, he's very patient. He's very patient. And he wants people to be saved. And there are those. Paul, the apostle, Saul, was headed to kill Christians. God was very patient with him. And we saw that he came to know Christ and became the apostle Paul and the greatest evangelist. But God will not be mocked. And there's a time, I've been talking to you about when dads need to rise up. There's a time when God rises up. They had taken all of these utensils from the house of the Lord. And in verse 17, look what it says. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be conducted in the the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon. If it be that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of God of Jerusalem and let the king send to us his decision concerning this matter. I don't know whether you've ever had this happen. I'm sure you have. But somebody that wants to, um, wants to get someone else in trouble, and they go tell a story, they want to indict them, get them guilty of something, and when the truth comes out, it turns around on them. You want a good story to study? Go study about Haman who built some gallows and he wanted to kill Mordecai, wanted to kill all the Jews. Guess who got hung on those gallows? The very man who was trying to do that. God can turn that around on people. Here these people say, you just go search and see if there's anything, a decree written by King Cyrus. And guess what they did? They found it written just as God had prophesied 150 years before. I love that, God's always gonna win. You can't argue with him, you can't win an argument. Some of you, I bet here tonight, if I talk to you personally, can really debate. I know some of the guys I went to school with and girls I went to school with, they were great in debate, because they can argue. They can argue for the wrong side. You know those kind of people? When you hear them, you almost believe what they're saying just because they can argue so well. But the Bible teaches us that wisdom is justified of her children. You know how we'd say that today? It's going to all come out in the wash. It's going to all show up the truth. God's people aren't afraid of the truth. Go and see if there's a King Cyrus that issued a rebuilding of the house of God. And turned out there was. So the people of God, I want you to think about that real quickly. And we're going to be through early tonight. The people of God rose up in God's name. They were careful to lift up God. Not their own agenda, not a human uh, work that they were trying to do, not their own name, popularity, fame, money. The Bible teaches us if a man comes in his own name, many will follow him. Isn't that the truth? There's a lot of folks that have promoted themselves and people will follow them. But we as Christians have one name. That's the greatest name ever the name of Jesus that we lift up. So the people of God rose up in God's name. Secondly, the people of God rose up by their obedience. We hear all the time, especially at 4th of July time, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. That That was a word that God gave to Israel. Some people say that, well, you shouldn't even be reading that about anybody else. But I disagree with that. I think the same way that God loved Israel and wanted to answer their prayers and make a nation that he was pleased with, he wants for us also. So we should cry out to him. We should humble ourselves. We should do all those things that Israel should have done at that time. So if we rise up, it's not an uprising in sin. It's rising up in obedience. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's hold fast to the Bible. Let's rise up and obey the Lord. As for me and my family, can you say that, Dad? Can you say that, Father? Can you say that, Mom? As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Number three, the people rose up in unity. The psalmist said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is so good to have brothers and sisters in Christ that are unified, we're pulling in the same direction, don't want anything except what God's best is. If I could die at whatever age God allows that, and God could say about me, there's one thing about Mike, he didn't want anything but God's best for everyone. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't ask for anything else in my life. The people of God rose up in unity, people of God rose up with the blessing of God. The Bible says when God chooses, he can give, press down, shaking together, and running over. Have you been that season of blessing lately where you said, what else is God going to do? This is so cool. What else is God going to do? They rose up in the blessing of God. Fifthly, they rose up in the truth. They told the truth about themselves and about their daddies. And I know God honors that. And lastly, the people rose up, the people of God rose up, and they changed their world. You and I, men and women of God, can be faithful and obedient and humble and truthful in the favor of God, the blessing of God, obey what he told us to do, just like these people, these daddies, the prophets and the people of the land, they rose up. And we can be like that too. And God can be so pleased that he'll say, I'm going to bless you and what you're doing. And I'll change the world. You may say, my life can't change the world. Yes, it can. One person's life can change the world. There were 11 men, 12 at, at, at part of the time, called apostles in the book of Acts. And you know what the scripture says about them? They turned the world upside down. There's 12 turn the world. We've got a lot more than 12 here. There's one named Jesus who changed the world forever. And it's never been the same and never will be. So don't ever think that your prayer is unimportant. It is. It may be your prayer that God chooses to answer to change things for the better in our country and in our land. We're going to uh, be celebrating, Lord willing, uh, the Independence Day of America coming up and um, the ministry legacy that I'm blessed to be a part of. We're going to be having a dinner. We've got a uh, great music plan. A speaker that we're bringing in. We're going to have a um, going to have food. Uh, if any of you want to come, I just want you to know you're invited. And as Jordan said on July 3rd, the Sunday night before uh, July 4th, we're going to have a bounce house for the little ones, and uh, in the gym over here. We'll have it inside because it's probably going to be about a hundred outside but we'll have it in there just so they can have a good time and we can watch them have some fun. We are blessed that you're a part of the evening service at Denton Bible. Rise up. I want to read the words of that song, and then we'll pray. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of kings. Rise up, O men of God. His kingdom tarries long as faithful workmen watch and pray and light the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God. The church for you doth wait. Your strength unequal to the task, but Christ in you is great. Lift high the cross of Christ. Tread where his feet have trod as brothers of the Son of Man. Rise up, O men of God. Fathers, be the father God always wanted you to be and your, mom, and your wife wanted you to be and your children wanted you to be. God will bless you. Men, be the church father that God's always wanted you to be. And our church will be blessed for it. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful words that you've given us. I do ask you, Lord, that you would forgive us where we failed you. As was prayed, Lord, uh, they admitted that the Jews had dropped the ball, they had had failed to obey you, And, and they're sitting in captivity. Because you keep your word. If they would have obeyed you, they would have still been in the land and been blessed, but, but you told them if they disobey you, disagree with you, reject you, and do not follow, this is what would happen. So God, we ask you, as you gave them another opportunity, and as we've looked at so far in this book of Ezra, for your sake, you're giving them uh, starting over. We thank you for doing that in our lives so many times, Lord. You've let us start over. Bless our churches. Oh, cause us as men to stand up and be men of God, as women to be church mothers, men to be church fathers. And I do ask you tonight that every one of these men that are here, they've got a wife and children that they love, that you would give us all the strength to continue to rise up, oh, men of God. In Jesus' name, amen.